Hi, and welcome to The Final Wake Up. I'm your host, Madison Palika, holistic health coach, certified HeartMath mentor, published author of a number one Amazon new release, and creator of eBooks and courses that help you become the best you possible. I am passionate about bringing light to a world full of darkness and confusion. After becoming deathly ill, as well as severely anxious, and having doctors give me no solutions, I had to find my own way to health. I was mind blown by the things that I was finding. And I became obsessed with helping other people find health and happiness outside of the system too. I'm here to help you become happy and empowered so that you can also live a life full of meaning. You will love the final wake up if you're ready to dodge the traps that this world has set for you. If you want more, you can head to my Instagram page at madison.polika. Join my club at the link in my bio to be the first one to know about sales, product launches, life updates, and to get early access and discounts. And now on to today's episode. Hi guys, this whole episode is from section six of the Ex-Mormon Resource Course. This whole entire section is dedicated to the actual history of the LDS Church. If you want to dive even deeper, if you want to see the sources for this information, then you can sign up for the Ex-Mormon Resource Course. It is linked right now. Today is Wednesday, June 15th. It's linked right now in my Instagram bio until Sunday. Uh, but since you listen to my podcast, I love my subscribers, I'm just going to put the link in my show notes. So anytime you want to sign up, you can come right here and sign up. Yeah, this is from section six of the Ex-Mormon Resource course about the hidden history of the LDS church. And I hope you enjoy and I hope you have your mind blown. Hi guys, we are back. In this section, we're going to be talking about the real history of the church. Oh, check it out. Actually, I'm wearing one of my favorite t-shirts, Forgiven. I love their brand. You can follow them on Instagram. I'll try and see if they do like affiliate links. It's got 1 Peter 3 verse 8 on here and it says, increase the peace. So they're like a Christian clothing company. Kind of fun. Anyways, so we're talking about the history today. And I'm just gonna, again, I feel so bad about the camera quality. I truly am so sorry that I started with great quality and now I'm down to this, but it's just easier to have it right on my computer. So I'm just gonna go ahead and get started. And I'm starting with 40, I'm actually not doing all 40, but it's this article from Mormon Stories. I know people are, they have like some beef with John DeLynn, but I find this to be a good source anyways. He's done a lot of good work despite people not liking him. And I feel like that's fairly recent too. But, so this is from Mormon Stories. This is 40 facts that most Mormons don't know about their history. So I'm just going to go through and I'm going to read the ones that I felt called to. Again, like I said, I'm not doing all 40 of them. Just because some I didn't know if I could verify and some I didn't feel like were very relevant. But I am going to take breaks and give you supplemental information. So here we go for number one. The Mormon church teaching its members for decades the story of Joseph Smith declining alcohol as a boy during his surgery to give the impression that he obeyed the word of wisdom while knowing that he both drank alcohol as an adult, including wine before the night he was killed, and supported alcohol production and sales in Nauvoo, including, apparently, he had a bar in the Nauvoo mansion. Nauvoo mansion? Does it mean temple? I don't know. Number two, 
Joseph Smith falsely claiming to have the gift and power of God to translate ancient languages into English when he knew he didn't have this power and plagiarized significant portions of his translations. I don't know how deeply I'm going to go into this, but one of the big things that causes Mormons to lose their faith in the church is finding out about the Book of Abraham. It was actually just an Egyptian scroll, and Egyptologists have looked at it. It's just um, a scroll about the Egyptian gods. It's not about Abraham. There's no slave. None of that story is true. It is basically a funeral procession-like document, if you will, about Egypt and their gods. So he claimed that he has the power of translation, but he didn't get the book of Abraham right. Basically made the whole thing up. Number three, the Mormon church knowingly deceiving members by portraying Joseph Smith as translating the Book of Mormon using a breastplate and the Urim and Thummim. Urim and Thummim. <laughs> Why is that so hard to say? When they knew that he actually used a stone and a hat. And I have some pictures of this. He, you know, the church portrays it I think they do teach this to some people now. Like some people, when I bring this up, will say, oh, I learned about this. But the church portrays it as him, like actually reading these gold plates, but he never did that. Number four, Joseph Smith knowingly and intentionally altering revelations written down both in the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine of Covenants once they were demonstrated to be false or untrue. So I have some things about this. Okay, yes, so this talks about polygamy. So if somebody looks at the Doctrine and Covenants from 1890, it says that Revelation was given July 12th, 1843. In History of the Church, it also says that it was given that day. But now Doctrine and Covenants section 132 says that it was recorded July 12th, 1843, implying that it could have been given at an earlier date. Basically, changing the dates to try to make his past behavior okay. So this was altered. And it says, this kind of altering the records of the church can be noticed quite often by comparing the earlier printings with the more recent ones. Obvious attempts were thus made to save some integrity since Joseph Smith had already been a polygamist years before 1843. They also alter apart the DNA of, I believe the Lamanites and how they were like direct descendants of Israel, but then the DNA tests now show that the Native Americans here were actually of Asian descent. And so they changed the part that said that they are descendants to say that they're among descendants. So I know it's just one word, but it makes a big difference. Number seven, Joseph Smith excommunicating Oliver Cowdery for accurately accusing him of an adulterous affair with Fanny Alger in 1838. So I have supporting documents for this also. So yeah, Fanny Elgar was his first plural wife and temple records actually show this. The church was originally denying that he practiced polygamy. In 1838, Oliver Cowdery accused him of adulterous affairs and Joseph had him excommunicated from the church, which reminds me of what we've talked about with like um, Bishop Sam Young. Super interesting stuff, pretty sad. All right, eight. Joseph Smith overtly lying to Emma, his wife, about polygamy, which included Joseph performing a fake sealing of Emily and Eliza Partridge to Joseph after he had already been sealed to them both secretly. And nine, Joseph Smith overtly lying to LDS church membership about his practice of polygamy and his calling men on foreign missions so that he could proposition their wives for polygamy, publicly maligning women as whores who denied his polygamous advances. 
Joseph Smith destroying the Nauvoo Expositor because it accurately reported that Joseph Smith was secretly practicing polygamy and lying about it. I've got the car facts here. Polygamy, as we mentioned at the beginning, was the issue that led to the killing of Joseph Smith. Investigation of the records show that Joseph Smith practiced polygamy from the early 1830s on. William Clayton was Joseph Smith's personal secretary and scribe until his death. William Clayton's diary has been a source for many revelations published in the Doctrine and Covenants. This diary tells also how the revelation on polygamy originated. Stated briefly, it came about as a result of a discussion between Joseph, his brother Hiram, and William Clayton, who wrote it down. Emma, Joseph's wife, had been suspecting Joseph of having affairs with other women, like Fanny Alger. Family life was not very happy and calm. Joseph was relating this to his brother Hiram and William. Hiram suggested that Joseph would write a revelation, where God gives instructions for Joseph to have other wives. He doubted that Emma would believe it. However, they wrote it down and Hiram took it to Emma. Emma, of course, did not believe it, as she shouldn't have. Going on about polygamy, Joseph Smith and later Brigham Young also, a lot of early prophets, were even married to women who at the time of marriage were still other men's wives. Historical records of these strange marriages are available. According to these records, nine of the first 12 polygamous wives of Joseph Smith were at the same time married also to other men. And it's interesting too, because if you look in the Doctrine and Covenants, it says that polygamy is allowed but only if they're virgins. And it's not supposed to be allowed if they're married to other men, which Joseph Smith did. But it's also interesting because the prophets now say that they don't practice polygamy and they don't believe it, but their scripture does. So kind of interesting there. The controversy over polygamy was the underlying reason for the death of Joseph Smith and his brother Hiram. William Law's wife had confessed that she had an affair with Joseph. William Law left the church and started a publication called Nauvoo Expositor. One issue was published and the second one was going to print when Joseph learned that Law was going to print his wife's confession in that issue. Joseph had the press destroyed and the building burned. That caused his arrest and consequently his death, but he did not die as a martyr as is claimed by the church. He died in a gunfight and killed two people before he was shot. Joseph responded as a mason, at the time of his death. John Taylor tells also that Joseph went to the window and made the Masonic distress sign after his gun was empty, hoping that Masons, if there were any among this mob, would rescue him according to the Masonic oath to defend one another right or wrong. So in this case, we haven't talked about it yet, but that's going to be the next section is that Joseph Smith was a Freemason. There's a lot that this has to do with the Mormon church. So just keep in mind that that is <laughs> coming up. I'm not going to go into it too deeply here, but it's it's pretty nuts. And then another photo. Joseph Smith married at least 30 women, one-third of them including... Oh, one-third of them are teenagers, including two 14-year-old girls and 10 who were already married. 14 years old. 14 years old. Emma didn't know about most of his polygamous activities. He was an adulterer. Here is... A depiction of Joseph Smith versus Warren Jeffs. They claim that the FLDS is not Mormon, but they believe in the same books. Um, so here's their comparison of wives. So the age of their youngest wife, Joseph Smith, 14. Warren Jeffs, 12. Pedophilia, it says. 
other men's wives, or also known as adultery, per Doctrine and Covenants. Joseph Smith had 11, Warren Jeffs has 21. Mother-daughter pairs. Joseph Smith did have a mother-daughter pair. Leviticus says, if a man marries both a woman and her mother, it is wicked. Biological sister wives. Do not take your wife's sister as a rival wife. Leviticus. Joseph Smith had eight, Warren Jeffs has 56. So scary. And he also had seven wives under the age of 18. 34 wives in total. Here is another photo of the early Mormon prophets and their young brides. Joseph Smith, his youngest bride, age 14. Brigham Young, his youngest bride, age 16. John Taylor, his youngest bride, was 26, which seems normal, but he was 78 years old when he married her. Wilford Woodruff was 46 and his wife was 15. Lorenzo Snow was 57. His wife was also 15. Joseph F. Smith, he was 28 and his wife was 17. Less weird, but still underage. And then we have this little funny one. The angel made me do it. Joseph, take 34 wives or I'll kill you. And the devil's saying, wait a second, isn't that my job? Joseph Smith Jr., the reluctant polygamist. Um, yeah, he would threaten people and say that if this girl didn't marry him, then an angel would slay him. Great guy here. Great guy. It's just funny because, like, people make so many, so many, so many excuses. <laughs> like, Joseph Smith is a McDonald's worker. excuses. People make so many excuses for Joseph Smith, but it's like, you look at Warren Jeffs and you think he's disgusting and he's in prison for it. Would he be a true prophet? No way. Like, of course he did have more wives, but still, they're practicing the same exact thing. Okay, going on. More deceptions. The Mormon church continue, continually portraying Joseph Smith as an innocent victim leading up to his death. The Mormon church knowingly and falsely portraying Joseph Smith as a monogamist in its curriculum for members over a century. So... Leaders knew and totally lied about it. But we've already talked about fraud. The Mountain Meadows Massacre. Mormon leaders and church members in southern Utah promising peace to the besieged members of an emigrant wagon train. And then dressing up as Native Americans so that they would be blamed for the massacre. In total, 120 men, women, and children were massacred. Then Brigham Young assisted in covering up the massacre and scapegoating John D. Lee as being primarily responsible. So I have more on this, which we'll talk about more when we get into the Freemasonry stuff. Um, but Brigham Young had met this guy named Pierre and then the Mormon massacre happened on September 11th. September 11th, very interesting. September 11th has always been an important date for occultists and Brigham Young was controlled by a Jesuit. We're gonna talk more about this, but just remember, this being an occult date and an occult phenomena, and this will tie in a little bit later also. More deceptions. The Mormon church telling the world in 1890 that it was stopping polygamy and then secretly and intentionally continuing to practice it at the highest levels, including allowing new polygamous ceilings for several more decades. 19. Mormon church historian and eventual prophet Joseph Fielding Smith encountering the 1832 version of Joseph Smith's first vision, which significantly contradicted the later 1833 official version of the first vision. 
and thus ripping it out of Joseph's journal and hiding the account for decades until he was publicly exposed for having done so and then taped it back into the journal. Mormon apostle Bruce R. McConkie publicly claiming in 1981 that the Adam-God doctrine was never known to be taught in the church, only to acknowledge in private that, yes, President Young did teach that Adam was the father of our spirits and of all the related things that the cultists ascribed to him. We'll talk about this later. The Mormon church attempting to purchase the Mark Hoffman forgeries in an overt attempt to hide the potentially controversial documents from its members. This is so crazy. I'm pretty sure there's a documentary on Netflix. It should be on there still. It's called, I'm pretty sure, The Salamander Letters. It was this guy who basically was an evil genius and he got so good at copying handwriting that he would literally forge ancient documents and sell it for mass amounts of money because he could get past like the craziest, most intense like scrutiny and test to see if these documents were actually the original ancient documents. Somehow he got away with all of it, but he made up these letters because he was a Mormon when he went on his mission. He started to disbelieve in the church and I think he was just very angry about it. So he made these fake letters, convinced the church leaders that they were real and it um, contradicted the church's history. So they, the church leaders were trying to pay this guy off so that they could hide these documents. Um, ended up finding out they were fake and this guy blew, blew people up, like put bombs in their mailboxes. It was crazy, but talk about lack of discernment. Wow. You guys need to watch that. I'll see if I can link it on here or something. It's very interesting. All right, going on. 25, the Mormon church enlisting hired apologists for decades to publicly attack the character of honest truth tellers of Mormon history and or to mislead and gaslight his membership regarding problematic church history. 26, the church excommunicating or intimidating honest scholars and activists for openly discussing problematic church history. It puts Sam Young in here, good. 27, Gordon B. Hinckley publicly condemning polygamy on Larry King Live as being not doctrinal when the doctrine remains enshrined in DNC 132 and when church leaders including Dallin H. Oaks and Russell M. Nelson continue to live celestial polygamy. So basically they say that they don't believe in polygamy anymore for this life, but in eternal life, it's all right because men only can get sealed to their wives and if that wife dies, they can get sealed another time. So men can have multiple wives, women can't. There is a part in Doctrine and Covenants that talks about if a woman tries to do this, she shall be destroyed. All right, 28, Gordon B. Hinckley publicly denying that the Mormon church taught that men and women could become gods by stating, I don't know that we teach it. I don't know that we emphasize it. They do teach it <laughs> and he knows that they teach it. 29, Gordon B. Hinckley stating publicly that the members are entitled to know where their tithing goes. We already talked about this. When he knew that church financial information is withheld from his members. Basically, he told this person that they don't want to publish it to the world and it should just be for the members. But the irony is that even the members don't know. 30, the Mormon church withholding extensive diaries, journals, and historical records from its members for over a century until the internet forced its hand. 31, the Mormon church 
explicitly forbidding current Mormon apostles and prophets from keeping journals so as to prevent any future sensitive church information from coming to light. So they are covering their backs pretty well. 33. The Mormon Church claiming that no tithing funds were used to build City Creek Mall. 34. Gaslighting infused into LDS Gospel Topics essays. 35. The Mormon Church referring to the lifting of the Black Priesthood ban as a policy change when the Church knows that the Black Priesthood ban was declared to be doctrinal by the First Presidency in 1949. It actually is scriptural. Mormons hold the belief that black people did not side with Christ during their pre-existence and were neutral in the battle with Satan, so the result is their skin color. Mormons believe in racial superiority. They plainly believe that dark skin is a mark of a curse. The Mormons' racist doctrines are a product of Joseph Smith. Brigham Young, Smith's successor, then was under the control of that Jesuit priest we talked about who also controlled Albert Pike, a high-ranking member of the KKK. So, maybe this <laughs> kind of ties into why they have racist doctrines. But again, I didn't do fact-checking on this one, so take that with a grain of salt. I'm not 100% sure. If I find uh, corroborating evidence, I will either upload the links or put the photos in the downloads box to the right. And then here's a photo basically showing what they said once they disavowed this um, racist policy. It says, Today the church disavows the theories advanced in the past that black skin is a sign of divine disfavor or curse, or that it reflects actions in a premortal life, that mixed-race marriages are a sin, or that blacks or people of any other race or ethnicity are inferior in any way to anyone else. Church leaders today unequivocally condemn all racism, past and present, in any form. So, here are their prophets, and they've all got X's over their faces. <laughs> so funny! I don't want to talk about the blood oath yet. Maybe we'll get to that. Um, okay, but 37. Russell M. Nelson claiming that the heinous November 2015 LGBTQ exclusion policy was inspired of God only to turn around three years later and claim that the rescinding and reversal of the policy was also a revelation of God. Nelson also claimed that the LGBTQ exclusion policy was motivated by love. 38. Elder Ballard explicitly denying in November of 2017 that Mormon church leaders have ever attempted to hide any troubling history from its members, ever. Some are saying that the church has been hiding the fact that there's more than one version of the first vision, which is just not true. The facts are, we don't study. We don't go back and search what's been said on the subject. Okay. <laughs> so there's four different versions of the first vision. I'll start with the earliest first. The first one's from 1832 called The Lord. It's the earliest known first-hand account. It says that their sins are forgiven, Jesus Christ, and told them that all churches are wrong. Oh, there's ten versions that evolved over time. Wow. Okay, the next one. There's two in 1835. I'll go to the Joseph, to the Jewish minister one. Sins forgiven, two personages, whereas in the other one there's only one. A pillar of fire, host of angels, 
and an angelic being. The other one in 1835, which was to a different person, had none of that besides the host of angels. Then in 1838, the one that they adopted as the official version, sins forgiven, two personages, no pillar of fire, no host of angels, God the Father, Jesus Christ, no angelic being, but also told that all churches were wrong. So I don't even think there's a single one that stayed consistent over all those things. Yeah, no. Not a single one of those characteristics stayed consistent in any of them. That is so insane. <laughs> And then another way that they were distorting history. The Book of Mormon translation held in the LDS Conference Center in July 2013. Him with some plates. Book of Mormon translation, SLC Temple Square, July 2013. Him with some plates. And then the bottom is if they actually showed what happened in a parallel universe where the church is actually honest in their dealings with their fellow men. And it's pictures of him staring into a hat, which this was a form of divination. Um... We haven't really gotten into that yet. We're going to talk more about it in the Freemasonry section, but these are just some examples of the way that they've distorted their history and the way that they have indeed uh, committed fraud against their members. I don't want to get too deeply into this because it could literally last forever. Um, I highly recommend looking at the CES letter. You can go on YouTube. There are all sorts of people exposing this on TikTok. You can even just Google it like... I don't know, whatever you want to Google. But yeah, so that's all for the history. This might be a longer video. I tried to keep it short, but I am so excited to get into Freemasonry. Let me make sure that that is what's coming next. Okay, not, not yet. So next we're going to be talking about cults. And is this a cult? And if so, why? Very interesting. We're going to be talking about different methods of mind control. I've got some fun videos for you. And then after that, we're getting into Freemasonry, and I am so excited. Links in the description, downloads to your right. I think I'm pointing the right way this time. And I'll see you in the next section. If you're interested in diving even deeper, or if you want to see the links and the sources for these um, bits of information, then you can sign up for the Ex-Mormon Resource course. Today is Wednesday, June 15th. It's linked right now in my Instagram bio until Sunday. Uh, but since you listen to my podcast, I love my subscribers, I'm just going to put the link in my show notes. So anytime you want to sign up, you can come right here and sign up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Final Wake Up. I hope this episode sparked a flame in you to march forward in your journey for truth, health, happiness, and meaning. If you want to dive even deeper down the rabbit hole, go to my Instagram at madison.polika. There, I have so many highlights dedicated to spreading even more information and value. You can also join the club with my email list, linked in my bio, to stay up to date on all the latest news, sales, and new offerings. Or if you want to talk to me personally, please send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. If you love this episode, please subscribe, rate, and leave an amazing review. Bonus points if you share this to your story and write what you learned. Tag me in it so that I can connect and see how this has actually helped you. If you know somebody who would really appreciate this or somebody who desperately needs to hear what I talked about in this episode, please send this to them. Together, we can bring light to this world full of confusion and help people thrive. Thank you and see you next time.